Welcome to The Feminine Frequency. I'm your host, Amy Natalie, women's empowerment coach, feminine embodiment guide, and creator of The Feminine Codes. This podcast is designed to awaken your feminine energy, elevate your frequency, and empower your mindset. We cover everything from increasing your confidence, trusting your intuition, deepening intimacy in your relationships, and magnetizing abundance into your life. Each week, you'll receive a new episode filled with feminine wisdom and inspiration to remind you of the magic that already lives inside of you. Ready to dive in? Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to this guest episode of The Feminine Frequency with my amazing guest, Taylor Simpson. You are in for a treat. We are going to be talking all things about embracing your dark feminine for increased abundance and pleasure. And you may hear that I have a little extra excitement in my voice today because I am so lit up by this podcast community. I am so lit up by the work that I'm doing with my clients. And I am so excited about the women who have already said yes to joining me for my next group coaching program, which is starting on January 10th. And this program is called Soul Calling Accelerator. Soul Calling Accelerator is a 12-week intimate group coaching container where we're going to be covering all things mindset, embodiment, soulful business strategy with sisterhood support and mentorship and guidance. So if you are in a place where you want to confidently step into your soul calling, you want to live in your purpose, and you are ready for your next breakthrough and to show up consistently I invite you to check out all of the details for Soul Calling Accelerator through the link in the show notes. This is an application-only program, and there are only a few spots left in this group. So check out the link, and also you're welcome to come on over to ask me any questions that you have about the program on Instagram. If you want to send me a direct message, you can find me at Amy Natalie Co. All right, let's get into our intro for Taylor Simpson, our guest today, who is a wealth and sexuality alchemist, self-made multimillionaire, motivational speaker, host of the Embodied Woman podcast, mentor to conscious feminine leaders, retreat host, and philanthropist. Through her unique methodology of helping women turn their shadows into their superpowers, unlock, activate, and embody their most authentic self, and by doing so, create a life of massive financial wealth, global impact, and generational legacies. Taylor is someone who I have looked up to for a long time now and really admire the work that she is doing in the world. So enjoy this conversation. And as you're listening, if you are feeling inspired and lit up, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories. And you can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. And you can tag our guest Taylor at Taylor Simpson to let us know that you are enjoying it and also to share the love, share the feminine frequency with your community. All right. Enjoy this conversation and we'll see you on the other side.
Hello, Taylor. It's been a long time coming. I'm really, really grateful and excited to have you here on the show. Honored to be on here. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to start today a little bit different. And I know we're going to be talking a lot about the dark feminine today, but I would love to hear what's one thing that's lighting you up in your life right now. The, the cultivation of a lot of in-persons I'm doing over the next couple months. So yeah, like that's like super present, like the, the juiciness and excitement for, um, the women who've been signing up for my next like multiple retreats. So yeah, that mm. like, <laughs> yeah, there's something so powerful about being in retreat space alone, yep. but then being in person with the women yeah. that you're serving and, yep. and having that energy exchange. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like, that's like, oh yeah, I've, it lights me up to do in person. So for sure. Mm, love that mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. And I admire the way that you lead from this in, in my experience and from what I, what I sense and what I feel from you, from your energy is from this really cultivated space of integration of the masculine and the feminine feels like that, that deep power and that direction in your business, but also really tapping into that sensuality and that, that flow. So love to hear a little bit more about your journey with integrating more of the feminine. Has that always been the case in your business and in your life? Or is that something that you've learned over time? Yeah, definitely learned over time. I had, uh, we've been having this conversation even five years ago, six years ago, it would be a completely different version of me. Um, I even remember listening to podcasts, walking my dogs years ago about the feminine and ease and flow. And I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? Um, it just like hadn't fully clicked yet. Uh, and so, yeah, I used to in life and business, um, really operate in the, I like to say like the wounded masculine, wanting to control things, wanting to force things, wanting to push, wanting to hustle. Uh, my, my first lifetime, I like to joke in this lifetime, I worked on Capitol Hill and for the UN. So I had a very masculine driven climb the ladder type of career before my spiritual awakening. And so when I went through my spiritual awakening that became an entrepreneur, uh, I just brought the masculine push and hustle into my business. And it wasn't until I started working with my womb and really doing a lot of just healing work on my womb and my heart and myself is when I was led to what the feminine really is. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that toxic masculine way of being because it's, it's part of what we're taught in sub subconsciously, even through the world that we live in. It, it's yeah. almost like it, it's what we've been shown. It's the model that we've been taught. And until we learn differently, that is all we know, really. Yeah. The world's kind of built or been built around that up until recent years of being, having accolades and being cheered on for push and hustle and forcing. And, you know, as women and men, right, it's really important for us to drop in that feminine, which actually allows us to receive and create so much more, the irony, than pushing and hustling in our masculine, which is what we're taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned a spiritual awakening Yeah, and 
I I'd love to go back to, you know, where you were that time in your life before your awakening, what was happening in your emotional space, what was happening in your life that led to that awakening. Yeah. I, a total shit show. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the best part of it. Uh, it's always, I, I really always love talking about this because it's easy to see someone's life and think like, Oh, it's always been rainbows, unicorns, and butterflies. And it's really nice to have that relatability of we're all human and we've all gone through some, some dark stuff or uh, awakenings in general. And so before my spiritual awakening, I actually was in anger management and overeaters anonymous, um, at the same time, because rewind a little bit from there, I grew up in a household that didn't talk about their feelings. Uh, I had a lot of repressed anger, repressed age, repressed my voice, because anytime I shared my voice or shared my feelings, they would just get shoved back down or go in your room and deal with it by yourself. And so I only needed to process emotions by myself, which meant to just sit in silence or go play or numb out on something. And so after years of repression and going through um, just a lot of darker stuff, losing my nephew unnecessarily, uh, having remembrance of my dad sexually abusing me as a child, so and not knowing how to express um, guilt and shame and and regret and resentment, uh, went into college and got involved with the wrong people. And while on the outside, it looked like I had it all together behind the scenes. I was drinking every single night, doing all the cocaine, all of the drugs, all of the men, all of the, the wounded behaviors of the, the version of me that was just crying out for help. And so there was this moment where I was sitting with my spoiler alert, um, ex-husband, then my husband and having just broken yet another vase because I was a thrower. I had so much rage that because I didn't know how to let it out of my voice, it came out of my hands um, through actually picking up things and breaking them. And I remember sitting there and it was just had like a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's, a bottle of wine, watching some mindless TV and never feeling so alone. Like it was this moment that's very much of a rock. And I've always heard of people talking about rock bottom moments. And I sat there and thought, this is one of those moments, isn't it? Like this has to be my rock bottom. There's nowhere else I could go. But again, the outside, it looked all great and fine and dandy. And I made a commitment in that moment to remember who I really was, which was covered in glitter, nature loving, happy, all the things that people now see. And so that next day I put myself into anger management and Overeaters Anonymous to get help. And that's what really propelled me into my spiritual awakening is radical responsibility. Wow, Taylor, your story. I mean, just picturing you now and then thinking about you sitting on a couch (laughs) eating a pint of ice cream and just throwing a vase, like such a radical transformation and difference. And I know how much courage it takes to take that ownership and responsibility and being like, my life is not working as it is. This is me. This is not other people. And I am choosing to make this change. Yeah. 100% because I pointing the finger at my ex-husband at my dad at whatever wasn't helping. It was just putting me into a deeper, deeper hole that I knew I was the only one that was capable of getting out of. 
Mm, yeah, that shift from victimhood, which like the things that happen to you in your life are real and you yeah. had, you know, a lot of trauma and, and yeah. challenge. And so to, to shift and be like, I'm taking my power back from that. Like, yes, those things happened and no, they're not okay, but I'm taking my power back. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, there's that moment of, well, I can continue to live life this way and be a victim. And it was exhausting to play a role of this perfect person and kind of have that really real imposter syndrome of if people only knew how fucked up the thoughts are in my head were, um, I wouldn't have any friends, anyone that loved me. And so, yeah, it was, it was terrifying and was the greatest gift I've ever given myself. Mm, yeah. And I can so relate to that feeling of the picture perfect image that other people have, but being so miserable and empty and alone inside. And yeah, yeah that was me and my marriage for, for my listeners who, who have heard my story. Like I say that a lot that everything on the outside looks so perfect, but I was really unhappy and emotionally yeah. eating and feeling depressed and anxious. And yeah, that, that, that existence of being a victim to my mental health, being a victim to the circumstances was yeah. definitely not the real me. And, yeah. and I'm so grateful too to be on this path <laughs> and yeah, to be here with you in this conversation yeah. and really seeing myself in parts of your story too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Yeah. So you started on the path of healing. You mentioned connecting more to your feminine, connecting to your womb, connecting to your heart. And the piece that I really would love to dive into here is you shared about when you were younger, you didn't have a space to express your emotions. You didn't learn how to express your anger, your rage, your grief, your sadness. And so I'd love to hear more about that process for yeah. you, how you shifted out of the, the maybe unconscious way of dealing with your emotions to really embracing them and alchemizing yeah. them. Yeah, for sure. And it really stemmed with my a mentor that I had in anger management that was just like, you have just a lot of fire. In, in your body and on my actual natal chart, I have like a mind blowing amount of fire shocker. Um, definitely my Dharma in this lifetime to learn how to work with my fire. And so even just having her present that as like, you just have a lot of energy. Like you have a ton of energy moving through your body that as a child, you didn't know how to move that. And so of course you're going to pop like a balloon. And so, um, they guided me towards one going and working out. That's when I first started to work out just to move energy, move my body up until then, you know, I did cheerleading lacrosse, but never intentional movement to actually release energy. So it started off with just moving my body. And then it went into actually, what do I do with the energy that's coming out of my hands? So along with being a thrower, I was also a hitter. I punched my ex-husband and hit him many, many times. Thank God. Um, I am the size that I am and did no damage and also was an abuser. And so I knew that I needed to do something with that energy in my hands. And so talking to my mentor about it, she was like, well, punch a pillow. I'm like, I can punch a pillow. Like, isn't that cheesy? She's like, no, that means you're just not punching someone. I'm like, oh, that's probably a really good idea. You're correct. Because I no longer want to hit anyone. And 
So that was kind of my first entrance into what now, you know, I call sacred rage was punching the pillow. And I remember the first time I was punching it, I felt so like insecure and awkward and like ugly. Like this isn't what we do as women is we like punch a pillow and yell. Like, like I look stupid. I sound stupid. And all this judgment came flooding through. And it was, it was beautiful to take that inventory. I like to call it of, wow. And a normal human emotion, I'm tying to being self-judging around a normal human emotion that my mentor was like, yeah, duh, like punch the pillow, yell. Um, I have shame around. So the moment I let that anger, that shame, that judgment just move through, like I leaned into it. And that's the beauty of any feeling. The moment we push it away, it's just going to come back later. So I learned to lean into the shame, into the judgment, actually was punching the judgment in the pillow, punching the shame into the pillow. And then it turned into using my voice to screaming, to yelling, to whatever sound or movement wanted to be moved through my body. I just let it. And if, if shame and judgment followed, I just let that pour through. And that actually then took me from a place of being numbed out, which I didn't because I didn't know how to feel, to fully feeling. And then that brought me into my womb where I was like, oh, I have like a space there that has also infinite feelings. And so my ability to face the fear, to face the shame, to face the anger, to face the rage, to move through it, ironically, what we're not taught is actually what brought me back to life and then led me onto my path of, of my feminine awakening. Mm, So powerful. Yeah. That shame is so real. I mean, I think as women we're we're often told or, or taught that if you raise your voice, then you're, you're a bitch, or if you're angry, you're a bitch, or, you know, you're, you're out of control. You're too emotional. You're crazy. Like these are things that we're, we hear that a lot as women. Like if you scream or yell as a woman, like you must be crazy. You must like all the things you must be a bitch fill in the blank. And it's like, nope, these are normal feelings. And the more we embrace, especially as women embrace the, the, the ability that we can traverse all of these feelings and actually come back out more sane, more in love, more aware and awake than before. Like, why would we not go into that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when we are suppressing and numbing these emotions, like you said, we're disconnected from our bodies. We're disconnected from our wisdom. We're disconnected from our wombs because we're stuffing everything down and we're blocking the aliveness that wants to move through us. Like these emotions want to move. And when we have these energetic blocks in our bodies where we're not allowing the anger or the shame or the guilt to move through us, then there's blockages in the system. And we can't access that joy and that play and that pleasure and that sensuality. It's like the, it's clogged. Yeah. And, and the, the basis of everything I teach on is the chakra system or the energy point system, whatever you want to refer to it as. And if we're not safe in our root chakra, our, our ability to be grounded in our power because we've been giving it away due to suppression. Then our sacral, our second energy point, our womb is blocked, which blocks our creativity, our play, our sensuality. And then it just goes up the solar to the heart, the throat. And those energies get lighter as we come up. But if the root and the sacral are unsafe to express or unable to express, how, how can our third eye be open to see where we're going? How can our voice be activated to speak our truth? Because 
when our womb is blocked, when our sacral is blocked due to suppression, that is the same as our throat being blocked. The cervix looks the exact same as the larynx. And so when you look down on like your, the womb, it's the exact same as the throat. And so for anyone that's new to, to chakras, when the when the suppression of the voice happens immediately, the womb closes. And when the womb closes, we don't feel safe in our body. So it's really cool how it all ties together. And then once you understand that it all ties together and start peeling back the layers, it's like they all, all the buttons turn on and it clicks. And that's when you can start moving towards expansion. But in order to get to expansion, alignment, ascending, whatever term you want to use, we have to be willing to go into the darkness first. We just have mm-hmm. to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's dive into that going into the darkness, right? Because I think so many women, because of our conditioning, we're afraid to go there. We're afraid that we're going to be too loud. We're afraid that we might be out of control if we allow those emotions to arise. And so, yeah, I'd love to talk about this space of embracing the darkness and going into the darkness and the importance of that. Absolutely. And the, the darkness cannot penetrate the light as much as we're told by the church, by society, all the movies, right. That we should be scared of the dark. It's actually the opposite. The darkness should be scared of the light because light penetrates darkness. Darkness cannot penetrate light. You could be in the darkness and then look over and there's a light switch and you turn the light switch on and you're like, oh, there's always been light here and the darkness is gone. So just anyone who's a visual person, the, the, the darkness can cannot penetrate the light. And once we take our power back and remember that, then we are willing to go into the darkness knowing we are the light. Even if our light is really dim due to suppression, shame, any of that, there's always a flicker. There is always a flicker on. Otherwise, we would not be breathing. We would not be alive right now. And so knowing there's always a flicker of light on, the darkness is a little, a little less scary. because It's like, okay, even if the darkness consumes me, and I think that's a lot of women's fear of the dark feminine is the darkness consuming them. Will I come back out? Will I be crazy? Will I lose my mind? Like we actually want to lose the mind. We actually want to hit that edge of crazy. There have been many a, uh, a sacred rage practices and plant medicine journeys specifically where I geared it around going into the darkness. And I was like, well, here we go. The darkness is going to consume me and I'm never going to come back. Like I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to be in a psych ward. I'm going to lose my mind. Well, still here breathing, not in a psych ward. And I lost my mind in the best <laughs> way possible to come back to who I be, or not even come back to who I be, but just to anchor into who I be. And so when we look at that of, it's literally impossible to get lost in the dark because we always have a flicker on, we get to lean into the darkness and see, okay, what's, what's in here. The only reason there is the darkness within us all. We, and the, when I say darkness, I bring it with neutrality. This isn't like evil or like dangerous. It's just mm-hmm. the shadow self. It's just this, the shadow self. The, the parts of us that, again, are, are angry, our resentment, have, were made fun of as children, were bullied as children, and they got stuck in the darkness. And so when we see the shadow self, the darkness as just parts of ourselves that want to be loved, they're not there to consume us. 
They're not there to eat us whole. They're not there to make us crazy. They're literally there to say, hey, I need some love just as much as the air quote light parts of you do. I need some love just as much as the shiny parts of us do. And so as women, the really cool thing when we lean into the darkness, into the shadow work is that we actually amplify who we be. One of my favorite statements to say is the deeper we are willing to go, the wider our capacity to receive grows. This has been my mantra for many, many years. The deeper we are willing to go, the wider our capacity to receive grows. And one of my favorite things to teach is how to create wealth, how to create abundance. Well, if you want to create wealth and abundance, which I think most humans do, (laughs) wealth allows us to live a life of this and that and choice, regardless of your story around money, doesn't matter. Well, great. That means you have to go in the darkness. You have to go into the shadows. You can receive abundance and wealth and be happy, but only as much as you're able to hold. And that's why a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to keep light and love, light and love abundance. Cool, cool, cool. See how far that gets you. Like, and then you're just going to be perpetuating the same level, the same amount of money, the same amount of love. And we all want more love and more money in the most abundant way. And so when you think of it that way too, of, oh, if I want to live a really big abundant life, then yeah, I, I, I need to go into the shadows and see what's holding me down, right? The Hertz vibration chart, the, the, the lowest vibration is shame. It operates at a 10 measurable frequency. Therefore, if we want to operate at 500, 600, 1,000, we have to see the shame, the 10% that's very dense that's holding us down. And we go into that. We look at it. We love it. We do sacred rage practices. We nourish it. And then it's gone. It just releases. But we have to go into the contraction first in order to get back to the lightness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that word contraction because what I'm sensing and and what's coming through to me is these contractions to expand further out. So thinking about it that way, it's kind of like when a woman's giving birth, you know, in order to open, to give birth to life, it's like, there's these contractions that have to come through. And like, I think it would be nice if we could grow without going into the darkness, but we'd also be, be really bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd be really bored. And God yeah. source didn't come here, I believe, to just like, like stand around and smile. Like it wanted, I like to say, like God source, the universe wants drama. It mm. wants to feel what it's like to be a human. And that, and I'm glad that the word contraction resonated with you because it's just like breathing. When we inhale and we hold our breath, there's contraction. And how often do we walk around holding our breath without even knowing it because of something unconsciously going on in our mind? That is the contraction. When you exhale, you're like, oh, I'm breathing again. It's no different. Shadow work and light work is just like breathing. And the deeper the inhale, the more you excavate and release what no longer serves you. And then once you start making, doing shadow work and light work, just a part of your daily practice, just like breathing, it just becomes your norm. And it's not this pendulum swing of this or that. It's just this and that at all times. Mm. Yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. What does that look like to make this part of your daily practice? Yeah. It's one, it's the conscious choice of, of, 
letting parts of oneself die off. It's the conscious choice of letting any identities that do not match the lightness, the love, the expansiveness die off every day. Every day I'm in my Zenden every morning from sometimes 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. or 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Doesn't matter. I am devoted to making sure that my channel, my vessel is excavated to the best of my abilities. Sometimes it's like easy, 30 seconds. I'm like, oh, I'm good today. Uh, but it's a choice to say, okay, what, what can I feel in my body is heavy. And some days we don't need to look for it. It's just like, oh, I'm feeling really good today. And you can move on, but it's a choice to take a, to pause and to feel. And then there could be months where you're just like, I am great. Everything's good. And then boom, like an ego death hits you. And you're like, oh shit, here we go. Like, I am not who I want to be anymore. I am letting go of old identities, old beliefs. And so choice. Um, and then honoring every like feeling as it comes up. Just honoring it. If all of a sudden you're in a bad mood, you don't know why, just lean into that. Like there's no need to justify it or question it. It's just a feeling. It's being the observer, not the participator. One of my favorite statements of throughout the day, being the observer, not the participator of the anarchy or the virus that's going on in our brain, uh, that is just part of the human psyche. It's not who we be. And so, yeah, it's, it's a choice and, and witnessing and observing, observing and allowing. Mm, yeah. 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 Definitely that piece of allowing and not resisting or making it wrong and, yeah. and really being an observation and curiosity of all these different yes. parts of ourselves. I think that that's the piece that, that the resistance to any of these emotions or just maybe just not feeling good one day. And it, a lot of times I feel like people are like, oh, I should feel good all the time. If I'm not feeling good, if I'm not feeling happy, then there's something wrong. And yeah. that's the biggest lie that yeah. we've learned. And it's perpetuated by social media where it's like, oh, everyone's happy all the time. And that's not true. These are snapshots yeah. of our lives. And a lot of us, including yes. myself and you are doing a lot of deep work behind the scenes to get into that aligned space and to yes. navigate the emotions as they arise. So I think this is so important to highlight because no matter what place you're at on your spiritual journey, no matter how much money you're making, no matter whether you're in a relationship, not in a relationship, whatever your external reality is, the, the waves of being a human and having emotions and being with what arises, they still exist. You're not exempt to them. How you relate to them is a matter of practice and commitment and devotion. Yeah. I think over time we get better at that. So we're not stuck in it for yeah. as long, but yeah, it's such an ongoing practice that, that we're in. It's just a muscle. Mm -hmm. And the, the more you strengthen the muscle of being the observer, not the participator, because it takes a lot of energy to be the participator where you're like questioning your thoughts, judging your thoughts, like how exhausting I've spent my majority of my life doing that of being my thoughts, being how people are perceiving me. And it was just, it was exhausting. And so it's actually like so much lighter and so much freer when we just witness it all and the, the book untethered soul, such a classic 
is a really good example for anyone who, who loves to read, um, really explaining what we're talking about of being the observer, not the participator and allowing like life to move through you versus you becoming it and becoming everything. And, and that's where like the days where we do have a bad day or an icky day, it just is, it's not like good or bad. It just is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think once you can see that piece getting out of identifying as your struggle or identifying as your emotion, that's more than half the battle, (laughs) more than half the battle, total neutrality. And then you forget again, I've got the word remember tattooed in my arm because there are plenty of days where everything I'm talking about, I don't remember. I'm just like, fuck it, burn it down. Like I'm a bitch to my husband. And I'm like, oh, Oh, I forgot. Didn't I? I forgot. I got wrapped up in the shadow and it tried to consume me, but then I remembered that I'm the light and I can get back out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Constant practice of remembrance. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Okay. So we've talked about how this embracing the darkness and being with both the light and the dark allows us to connect more deeply to our feminine essence. And you started talking about how it, it plays into our wealth. And another area that I know that you're super passionate about teaching about is sexuality and, and how it plays into our, our relationships as well. So yeah, I'd love to to dive in a little bit more of this contraction and expansion and what does it create space for? Like by yes. doing this deeper work, by having the courage to allow yourself to go into that darkness, what does that open up in the realm yeah. of both wealth and sexuality? So imagine the last time that you've had a good cry and how good it felt afterwards. Whether you were watching a movie and you cried because it was like a beautiful movie or a sad movie and afterwards you're like, oh, my heart. Or you got angry and you yelled and you expressed your anger afterwards. You're like, oh, I feel really good. Like, thank you for holding space for me to to yell or to cry. So that's alchemizing the emotion, the shadow emotion. And so what a really cool thing I was witnessing as I was working with sacred rage is when I really went in and gave it all and emptied myself out, I felt so open and light afterwards and really good. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. Something's clicking here. Like the deeper I go and excavate, like to refer to them as viruses, shadows are just viruses. They're not real. They can go away. When I excavate them, I become lighter. And when I become lighter, I feel really good. And the more I was just kind of questioning that, feeling into that, um, playing with that, I was like, oh, I wonder if I can take this lightness, this emptiness, this feeling good into a self-pleasure practice, into a pleasure practice in general, into feeling really good in my womb. And before I know it, I'm like, okay, this feels really good. Let me transition into bringing a yoni wand in. So de-armoring myself after going through a sacred rage practice. And if anyone's new to de-armoring, it is bringing bringing a yoni wand into your pussy and actually removing energy intentionally, whether that's other people's energy, beliefs, um, trauma, any of that. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I do sacred rage, practice de-armoring, let that lead into a pleasure, pleasure practice. Let's see how that goes. 
And it got better and better every single time. And I'm like, okay. So after I have a self-pleasure practice and I'm lighter and freer and more in my body, I bet you that means I'm magnetic right now. I bet you that means I'm open to receive right now. I bet you I'm vibrating at a very high frequency. Let me manifest from this place. Let me create content from this place. Let me create an offering from this place and see how it goes. And before I know it, that starts working. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm on to something. Sacred rage, the dark feminine, leading to sexuality, leading to the light feminine because I'm lighter, leading to creating from that place is actually creating more abundance and money in my life and speaking to the people who actually need the medicine that I have. And it's really easy, as easy as breathing. And so that's how I really discovered the the traversing. I get to call it traversing what is the feminine from the dark to light to the abundance. And it's all in one line. It's all in, in, in one fell swoop if you, if you want to do that. And that's something I have clients walk through all the time is creating literal offers for their clients after a self-pleasure practice. And they're like, it fucking works every time. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, all of that energy is, is now infused and, and you're creating from that, that Amplified. More open space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's the exact opposite. We're taught like you need to sit down and time block yourself and do the work and do the things. And it's like, actually, yes, structure is needed. And also we are magnetic. We are God, the universe source in human flesh. And if God source universe wants to feel bliss because it wants to bring light to the darkness, therefore, doing and thinking our way through creating and attracting money is only going to get us so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the, this process that, that you've really cultivated and yeah, it makes so much sense. And it sounds way more fun than doing it the linear way of sitting <laughs> way down more fun. and forcing yourself <laughs> to do something. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So you mentioned that structure is important. And so I'd love to hear maybe even just in your own experience of how do you bring in that structure while also maintaining that, that this feminine magic and the energetic space and the, 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 yeah, the, the magnetism, what does that look like for you to have that structure, but not have it be too structured? Yep. I'll start by giving an example of what it looks like and what happens to not have structure, because I know a lot of people, including my past self could relate deeply with that. Someone who was thousands of dollars in debt and had an awful relationship with money. I was an overspender or a restrictor, either, or there was no in between for me. And so when we lack structure and we're in our feminine, meaning we're creating, we're fluid, this thing, this thing, and then the money comes in because it works. And then because we don't have structure, which is the masculine, we either spend it or don't know where to put it. Therefore, we get rid of it or hoard it. And that's where having the the healthy, healed masculine structure within ourselves and externally has to be there, especially if you're an entrepreneur or someone who brings in money, which is mostly everyone. 
And so when that feminine is in the feminine chaos, which is the most beautiful thing, and it knows that there's structure for when the money comes in, because the feminine knows it's magnetic. The feminine knows it knows how to call in money, which is why most people are terrified of success because they know that when they're in their power, that a lot of money is going to come in. And they're like, oh, fuck, what do I do with it? Great. If the feminine knows that the masculine structures in place to hold the money, to organize the money. I like to say money needs a mission. Money is slut. It's like a slut. The money needs like a, like a, like a handler, like the money needs a handler to be like, you go there, you go there. And the money's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like it's a submissive. <laughs> I like to teach money when it comes to sexual analogies. Um, it just makes so much more sense. And so if the feminine is money and money is a slut and she's submissive, but she's powerful because being a submissive does not mean that you're, you roll over, you, you hold the power in the relationship, in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so with the mask then there to hold it and organize it and, and let it know where to go because it knows it's listening to the money. It's listening to her say, I want to go into that investment. I want to go towards organic food to handmade clothing, to the savings account. The, the feminine's free to call in money. And we, we aren't fearful of holding it because we have where it's going to go. We are being hashtag adulting because we've healed our relationship with money. Like, so there's a few steps here in between just having your masculine and calling in money. You actually have to heal your relationship with money and be organized about money and respect money. Um, but that's why it's really important to have that behind the scenes foundation when it comes to structure. And that could look like uh, in the granular form, um, if you are a coach mentor or bringing in money, how are you receiving that money? Is it just like through a PayPal link? That's like sloppy. Well then like that, you're going to get sloppy money. But if you have it in a way that's beautiful, that's being held through Stripe and then Stripe goes to your bank account and then your bank account has multiple little pockets, like it's being respected. And so it really comes down to baby steps first, but then the ultimate goal is to have structure, physical things in place, like a proper bank account, a proper way to hold your money for the feminine to thrive in. Mm, Yeah. Beautiful. And I love... Mm -hmm. I just love masculine and feminine. I literally view everything through that lens, you know, like I it love is. talking about money in that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it it's is. polarity. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> powerful. Uh, I, I know that you have so much to teach in the realm of business and sexuality and feminine empowerment <laughs> and embodiment. So for our listeners who want more Taylor, want to go deeper with you, what's the best place for them to find you? Yeah. Well, come say hi over on Instagram um, at I am Taylor Simpson. Super easy to find. Um, come say hi. You'll probably get a, a voice message back from me while I'm walking on the treadmill because that's just how I roll. So you've been warned. <laughs> Um, but come say hi there. That's where I share a lot of my content. Um, I have a podcast called the embodied woman podcast, um, where I go into like all the traversing of the feminine, um, in every way possible. So come listen there as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here and look forward to staying connected. Yes. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) 
Thanks again for tuning in today. If you found value from this conversation, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. I always love hearing from you. Send me a message. Let me know your takeaways. Also, I have a beautiful free gift for you. If you have not already downloaded the Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual, it is a 20-minute audio guide for you to listen to in the morning to start your day feeling empowered and embodied. You can find the link for that recording in the show notes. And lastly, if you are a regular listener here and you enjoy this podcast, I invite you to leave a rating and a review. This is the best way to support this podcast in reaching more women around the world. To leave a rating and a review, you can scroll down on the podcast app on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes and leave a quick review to share what you love most about this podcast and how it has impacted your life. Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next Monday for another episode of The Feminine Frequency.